Now, Tommy, here's the million-dollar question. <laughs> do you dust first or do you vacuum first? All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Essential Podcast. Today, we're going to give you three essential productivity tips. We're going to take a little time and unpack these for you, give you some things you can apply to both your personal and your professional life. Matt's here with us as always to have the discussion. What's going on, man? Nothing much, Tommy. And a couple of these things, you know, I wish I probably knew a lot earlier. It would have saved me a bunch of time. Yeah, man, I love this kind of stuff. It's simple and obvious, but can be so impactful, especially if you can get a hold of it and make it part of your process. So let's get started. The first one I'm going to talk about is specifically focused on email. This can also apply to other digital distractions, and that's where we see a lot of productivity being hijacked is from distractions, right? But with email, if you're sending one, don't do it first thing in the morning or the last thing at night. So you shouldn't check email or send email before 10 o'clock. Get your critical to-dos mapped out, knock at least one of those things out, and then you can sit down and respond to these we would say are manufactured emergencies, right? There's nothing there that is going to be extremely important that needs to be hijacking your entire day. And then at nighttime, there's a whole conversation we can have around this, but you just don't want to be on that phone after hours, after dark, in the bedroom, on the phone. It's insomnia-inducing, messes with the melatonin, all kinds of problems there. Plus, you're probably not going to be putting out your finest work. You don't need to be sending out an email responding to a client or drafting something important when you've had a long day and you're fatigued and you need to be resting. Yeah, the thing I like most about that, Tommy, is it really gets you or forces you rather to swallow the frog. And in some cases in the past, we can use those distractions to keep us from doing that thing that you know, maybe we don't want to do because it's a difficult task. So if you get in right away and you accomplish it, not only do you not have the interruptions, but it also gives you momentum to be able to continue to work through the day. It's kind of like making your bed in the morning, right, Tommy? Mm-hmm. Supposed to make your bed because you accomplish the first task of the day and it really builds momentum to continually be productive. Yeah, that's a good one. And around this, there's some specific things you can do, one of which, if you feel like you just have to respond or that this would be very difficult for you, you can use that out-of-office reply, right? You can set one that says, I won't be checking email until 10 a.m., or you could set one that says, I'm out of the office, uh, respond to any emails tomorrow after 10 a.m., or the following business day after 10 a.m. You can let people know this, right, to kind of condition them. You may be in a work environment where this is a primary means of communication and stuff may go unhandled. <laughs> but I saw an interesting article. It was a, a gal that was going out for the holidays and she did not want to check email the entire time. And it was an extended break for her. So she actually set an out of office that said that she was going to be out for the holidays, enjoying them with her family and would not return until January, whatever that all emails received between now and then would be deleted. And if you needed something specific from her, please email her again after January, whatever. Wow. (laughs) So I thought that was great. And it was something that she did and then now does again every year at the same time of year. So it was all around this premise of 
nothing that important should be happening on email and the president's not trying to get in touch with you nothing's burning down it's a lot of manufactured emergencies it's a way to distract from productivity like you said something that can keep you from being on task so if you're if you battle with the email or the facebook messages messages or the text messages even you know this people feel like they should have an, our immediate attention because they have the ability to send us a text message and truthfully and this kind of leads into part of your second point we should batch our usage of these of these tools and treat them as that as that as tools and check them at specific periods of time and it allows us to focus and give our best efforts at that moment but then also to not be distracted by them to focus on other things too. Tommy, how do you know that the president doesn't need me at all hours of the day? <laughs> I bet he has other ways of getting in touch with you if you don't <laughs> respond to his email. <laughs> he might show up at my door. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be there, but somebody, somebody, somebody will. will. Absolutely. Well, and this actually, you know, that was meant to be a joke, but it also is a decent segue <laughs> yeah. into the second one, which is don't answer unknown phone calls and it seems like maybe a little bit of a given in the world we live in today in caller mm -hmm. id however in the effort of the government trying to get a hold of you <laughs> i had a relative that i think i mentioned it a, a long time ago on one of the original podcasts but they ended up falling for one of those irs scams because mm -hmm. they had some situations going on not going to go into details but they owed some irs some money they paid it back but they got the phone call and panic set in. And as we know, Tommy, the IRS needs money from you. They are actually going to send you a certified mail to mm -hmm. make sure that you get it. Otherwise, they'll obviously sue you to make sure they get their money. But with that said, by not answering unknown phone calls, not only going to free up extra time, but also going to prevent you from essentially losing more time undoing something because maybe maybe you did get scammed you maybe you did fall for something and that's not mm -hmm. to say that uh, to put it on put myself on a pedestal because it happens to millions of people every day and it's yeah. sad and the scam artists are getting more clever every day too yeah and it's not just for the scams although that's probably the majority of the unknown calls that you receive um, I actually got a call this morning from Huntsville Alabama or from a number in Huntsville which I didn't answer and they left a voicemail, and it was some pre-authorization stuff with insurance for a prescription, right? So there are legitimate things maybe going on. Most of us are relying on a cell phone now. And it's just that hijack of your attention. Like, don't get put in a position of being surprised or just feel like you're obligated to receive this unwanted interruption at that moment. Let it go to voicemail. Most voicemails you can have forwarded to email or you can get them transcribed so you can see them or even there's some services you can subscribe to that allow you to listen to them in real time and maybe even pick that call up. So there's lots of options to stay on top of this. And interestingly, the carrier for my phone has started flagging calls. So stuff will come in and it'll actually say high risk or spam alert. So it's getting easier to filter out that. But even if it doesn't get flagged, it's not the IRS scam. If it's an unknown number, somebody that's not in your contact list, just let it go. Yeah, they'll leave a message. They'll figure out a way to uh, get a hold of you. And kind of the same thing goes, I would say, for answering the door as well. I read an interesting article um, not too long ago. And, of course, uh, being a millennial, I read it. But it said millennials are <laughs> killing the doorbell. Because um, yeah. 
I don't answer the door. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you need to call me and tell me you're coming over. But mm -hmm. times have changed. You know, we don't just walk down the street and ask for a cup of milk or whatever it may be. Let me know you're coming. So same thing there for productivity. It might be your neighbor. <laughs> it might be someone trying to offer roof adjustments to see if they can get you a new roof because hail came through or something like that. But mm -hmm. it's going to take up your time, and it might hit you at an inopportune time that it would actually cost you. You're exactly right. We talk so much about scheduling and time management, organizing your days and your, your hours and when you focus on what. And when you live that way, it makes it very difficult to have space for the unwelcomed interruption from a door knock or a phone call. So this is all for our benefit, for your protection. And then the big picture is we just sometimes don't have time for that. Make an appointment, right? Absolutely. And I think that kind of is a, another good segue here for the last point. We want to talk about batching tasks and doing them or organizing them according to their difficulty. So you want tasks of equal or similar difficulty to allow you to be more productive and get more done. And Matt, this is something that you've got some experience with, so I'll let you start chatting about it. Yeah, well, it kind of falls in line with, if we go back to the first one, we talked about really building that momentum mm -hmm. and keeping things moving throughout the day is really the reason for this. So it, you want to avoid constantly switching between tasks. You know, we've talked about in essentialism that uh, you could multitask, although the drop off in the quality is, is huge studies show, but you can't multifocus. Mm -hmm. So it ends up costing you more time in the long run. So to prevent that or to help you get in the groove, you definitely want to group those tasks together based on complexity. So super simple tasks, um, let's say you're doing some kind of data entry, something that you can get in the groove, uh, maybe you're weed eating, whatever it may be, around the house, not around the house, at work. You wanna do those simple tasks together so you can continue to create that momentum. And then when you have a difficult or complex task, uh, which might be editing a podcast Tommy or mm -hmm. something of that nature if you let that interruption come in and you don't set the appropriate amount of time for it essentially your productivity is going to go down and it's going to take you even longer so you yeah. want to uh, block accordingly so again it, it helps you keep that momentum going and then the other thing you want to be certain of is there are certain tasks that are going to be linked together whether at work or at home a really good example of this would be vacuuming and dusting. Now, Tommy, here's the million-dollar question. <laughs> do you dust first or do you vacuum first? Ooh, I'm going to go with dust and then vacuum. Is that the right answer? You think that's the right answer? <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I would do it. You know, obviously you can dust with something to try to capture the dust, you know, some pledge or Swiffer or something like that, but... To me, you know, we have mostly hard surfaces for our floors, with, few, with the exception of a few rugs. So I'm thinking that dust is going on the floor, and then I'm going to vacuum or sweep or mop it up. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I think when you vacuum, uh, it throws dust into the air because you've got mm -hmm. all that air pressure. So I'm a dust after I vacuum kind of guy. And as long as you don't have huge amounts of dust, maybe that ceiling fan that gets it every now and then uh, mm -hmm. that's way up there. But other than that, I think it goes that way. I don't know what the right way is, to be honest. But the, the I was like, is this wrong? Am I wrong here? I no. Know. Well, the point, the point here is 
um, <laughs> if things are linked sequentially, you got to do them in order, or it takes you longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, back to the multitasking. I mean, those are two different tasks, right? They kind of help contribute to the same uh, objective or outcome of a clean home, but you've got to prioritize them and group them as things of similar complexity, and it's going to make that task more efficient and make the outcome more desirable. Well, and that's what all of this is really designed for, Tommy, is to be able to get those extra, squeeze those extra seconds, minutes, hours out of the day by increasing productivity. Yeah, and a lot of people think that multitasking is the enemy of essentialism, and it's really not. You know, there are a lot of things we can do at the same time. You can eat and talk at the same time, right? You can wash the dishes and listen to the radio. You can think about where you're going while you straighten up some clutter. It's that you can't concentrate or focus on two things at the same time. So multitasking itself is not the enemy. It's pretending that we can multifocus, that is. And a way to make sure that you're not focusing is to have your simple tasks hijacked or intermingled with your complex tasks. So that's all I've got. I'll wrap it up with a recap unless you've got something else, Matt. No. Let's keep it essential. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing was don't email first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Set some parameters there, batched or scheduled times to check and respond to that, including social media, text messages, and the like. Don't answer calls from unknown numbers. Nobody likes surprises, so those are some that you can control and eliminate. And then lastly, batch tasks of equal difficulty and do them in the right order. Prioritize them and make sure that they're contributing to the most efficient way to achieve the outcome the clean house and you know hey if you vacuum before you dust maybe try it the other way around right? that's right very cool well thanks for tuning in as always we hope this was helpful and until next time keep it essential sticking around after the music here and as always we appreciate you tuning into the essential podcast just have a quick disclosure for you here securities are offered through sa stone wealth management inc member finra and sipc and advisory services are offered through sa stone investment advisors inc